listening to the Whiskey Investment Podcast, the brand new show bringing you all the latest news, insights, panels and interviews on the world of whiskey investments. Dig deeper into the highest return asset class of the past decade and look beyond the numbers. Whiskey Investment Podcast is brought to you by VCL Vintners, the UK's leading whiskey cast merchant. Find more online at vclvintners.london. Hello and welcome to this month's podcast brought to you by VCL Vintners, the London-based whiskey cask merchant which approaches the market from a financial perspective to maximise the return for its clients. This monthly podcast will give you an insight into the whiskey industry from an investment perspective alongside interviews with people behind the scenes at both VCL and Scotland's most exciting distilleries. I'm Alwyn Gwilt, journalist, ambassador, and whiskey specialist. In this month's episode, I'm speaking to Nate Woodruff, who runs leading whiskey Instagram site, Whiskey With A View, which has more than 81,000 followers. We find out more about Nate's whiskey road trip around his home country of the United States during the pandemic, why the outdoors continues to inspire him, his move to the outback of Wyoming, and why he only enjoys his booze when he's earned it. Welcome to the podcast, Nate. Thank you. Pleasure to be on. Thanks so much for joining us. So Nate, you've had a lot of success in the world of social media with your beautiful photos of great views and fantastic whiskey. For anyone out there who doesn't know you, can you talk a bit more about what you do and why you've got such a passion for the great outdoors and whiskey? Sure. I mean, I've worked in the whiskey industry itself since I was 24 years old as a brand ambassador. And I love doing that. I love educating consumers, but I kind of combine my other passion, which is the outdoors and hiking with whiskey. So oh, I remember perfectly the first time that I had a post take off. I was posting my own reviews on my own personal profile of bottles of whiskey. And I'm very visually oriented. So for me, it was kind of like having a photo journal of what I had tasted and what I had tried. And then one day I threw a bottle of, I remember perfectly, it was a Glenfiddich 19 year age of discovery it was the oak cask, the, the virgin oak or ex-bourbon cask rather. I threw my backpack on a whim, put it on a rock in the middle of a river that I was hiking along and took a picture, wrote my review, and I noticed it got a ton more traction, exorbitant amount compared to my normal ones. I was like, oh, cool, I'm onto something. So I just started doing that for reviews, go hiking every week and bring a bottle. And I just kept doing more and more crazy hikes up with my photography game. And it just blew up. It went viral. I mean, it was all over everything from BuzzFeed to The Chive to people emulating that style of photography. The entire time I was doing that, I was still working in the whiskey industry as a brand ambassador until I decided to pursue that more full-time. And I've done a couple gigs here and there for different whiskey brands as a brand ambassador. But Nowadays, I mean, that's basically how I can fund my lifestyle of doing custom photography for whiskey brands around the world. And you are a self-taught photographer, are you not? Yeah, no. Um, I went to uh, an arts academy for high school. I majored in film, so I do have that visual background. But yeah, I'm the stubborn guy that I got the camera and I threw out the instruction manual right away and just figured it out. All of your photos are visually stunning and, and I followed you for a long time and you know really love the interactivity that you have between the scenes and the beautiful outdoors. I definitely identify with that a lot as a Canadian myself, uh, despite living in, in London. Big fan of the great outdoors and you've definitely hit a notch with a, a lot of people out there who clearly love both of those combinations. Um, would you say that it surprised you with how much people actually took to the combination of whiskey and the outdoors? Yeah, I mean, I was just doing it because I thought it was fun and I thought it was cool. And I had no idea that it was going to inspire a community of thousands of people that are going to emulate it 
for me, my big thing is I'm not, I don't look at myself as a businessman or a competitor. So I highly encourage photographers to pursue brands, to make money off of brands, give them tips, set them up with different brands that have paid me before. And I keep it in the community very much a happy place where people can show their work and talk and, you know, compliment each other on their work. And I don't want to make it something where it's like everybody is fighting over brands and who's making what and all that. But my favorite thing in the world is hearing from people saying, you know, your photos inspired me to go out and hike or go out and photograph in the outdoors. And I've received messages from people where it's, you know, for me, being outside and hiking is massively therapeutic. And I would be a much nastier person if I didn't do that. So my greatest joy is seeing people go out and be able to experience that. And, you know, it can change your life in certain ways, for sure. I know it certainly changed mine. Absolutely. And speaking of change, 2020 brought with it a number of changes for people all around the globe, but also for yourself. It was a year when uh, when you took a lot of your passion to the road, um, really lived a life of constant change, I would say, from seeing your posts from your road trip across the United States. Can you tell listeners a little bit more about that road trip and also what inspired that actually to start? Yeah. So ever since I was young, I've always dreamed of living out of like a van or a bus or an RV and just traveling around the country and hiking and exploring new areas. So that's always been something I've wanted to do. But I decided to just kind of like seize the day. I was uh, saving up money. I was working for a whistle pick at the time and supplementing that with my photography and saved up a couple thousand dollars and then started bringing on sponsors, different whiskey companies that would fund the road trip. So their bottles would be exclusively shot for the experience. Got a little crazy. I had a couple major sponsors back out last minute and I had two weeks. I'd put in my notice that I was leaving my home, quit my job. And then I had to scramble and with some really helpful people in the whiskey community, I put together a bunch of smaller brands that would fund the road trip. My estimation, if I could make $2,000 a month, I could make it work. Then luckily, I got a little bit more than that. Left in February, went down south to buy the van in Tennessee where my family lives because vehicles are much cheaper out there. And then COVID hit. That threw another wrench in the works. Purchasing a vehicle was tough. I didn't want to travel too much because this was still, there's very little known about the virus. But then I kind of found a loophole after the initial lockdown of working with a distillery in Georgia that was making hand sanitizer. So I would got an essential employee letter and I went down and actually helped make, produce and get sanitizer out to uh, first responders. And then as states started slowly opening up, I would start exploring. And I wasn't that concerned because I wasn't in public. Like I was out in national forests. I was camping. I wasn't staying in hotels. The only time I was in a store, I would just get food. The way I had my van set up with a fridge and everything, I mean, I could get all my shopping done for food for a week, two weeks at a time. But it was amazing. Uh, most of the national parks were closed, which was fine because I had my dog and you're not supposed to hike in national parks with them. I got to just go explore all these national forests and mountains that I've never heard of. And, you know, I could stay one day in the Smoky Mountains, Tennessee, and the next day head down to South Carolina, just hang out on the beach with friends. Like there's just this freedom and truly amazing experience of having these sponsors say, we understand how you work. We trust your work. Do whatever you want. Like just, just make sure you know you have the photos first by the end of the month. So I got to just live every day the way I wanted to go where I wanted to. If I wanted to stay somewhere for an extended period of time and camp out, I would. And if I was kind of bored, I would just move on. So it was pretty incredible. And then, of course, I made it out west and all the forest fires happened. So I got stuck in those. And then, of course, the van kept breaking down. I spent over $13,000 on repairs alone. Definitely didn't save any money. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I, I, I said from the beginning, I'm going to start this trip off 
in credit debt and mostly broke. And that's probably the way it's going to end. And it did. But there's been amazing feedback and support from the community. And uh, I've gotten a lot more work from brands this year just because, you know, the notoriety expanded. And I'll be continuing ventures out here. I mean, where I'm situated, I'm five hours away from the most beautiful places in the United States, in my opinion. What are some of those places for those international listeners who don't know the geography of the U.S. so well? What are some of your favorite spots in the U.S.? So where I am in Wyoming is a absolutely stunning mountain range. It's in the middle of nowhere, so not a lot of people know about it. But an hour and a half north of me is Jackson Hole in the Tetons, which is another absolutely beautiful area. And then once you're up there, if I want to go east, I can get right into Montana. If I want to go south, I can be in the stunning Colorado Rockies. And if I want to go west, I'm in Idaho, which is another hidden gem. Like I said, basically within five hours, I can be, even though I am situated, my backyard is this mountain range. Even though I'm situated in an amazing spot, the fact that I can just get in my car and in under you know half a day, make it to like some of the most beautiful places in America, it's pretty awesome. It sounds incredibly inspiring. And I can imagine that there will be no end to the number of places you can go with bottles of whiskey, so long as you've got, oh, yeah. uh, got those bottles of whiskey yet. <laughs> During the trip, as you said, you started out doing some charity work, helping to produce hand sanitizer. Was that element of charity important to you throughout the whole journey that you took? Uh, yeah. I mean, I do as much charity work as I possibly can. I mean, usually like I I don't have a lot of money, so it's usually either donating bottles or doing shout outs on Instagram to different charities. And then like, you know, I wasn't able to visit a lot of distilleries because of COVID, but if I could help them with anything from production to, I mean, I was bottling bourbon in Wyoming at the six in the morning one time or doing, you know, sanitizer and helping produce that and get that out. I mean, yeah, that's for me, it's, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy helping people. So whenever I can, I, I try to help however I can. It also runs, I would say, nicely along with the ethos generally of the whiskey industry, which does have quite a nice amount of camaraderie in it. Do you think that assisted you with both this journey, but also the journey you've been on and working in the whiskey industry is that general feeling of collaboration and creativity in the space itself? Yeah, no, I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many charity events working for brands that I've attended, donated bottles to. Like, I've never worked for a brand that wasn't very generous when it came to charity. I found a charity. I was like, hey, can we donate like a more expensive bottle to help raise money for this? Go for it. Here you go. You know, so it's something I really, really do adore about this industry is people really do care. And you've obviously now been to a lot of distilleries, maybe fewer than you potentially hoped given the COVID situation last year. But have there been any that have really inspired you throughout the journey, either in the past year or previous to that? Ones that you think that listeners should really know more about? I mean, I've been to, I don't even know how many distilleries around the world at this point. I just think I love seeing the craft whiskey industry boom, like much smaller distilleries, like take off with more lax shipping laws of being able to ship now around the United States, like a lot can take advantage of that knock out the three-tier system of dealing with a distributor as much. And just seeing them create content, have unique visions, really focus on quality of grain, wood used, everything from fermentation time to you know entry proof and barrels. It's just hard to really put my finger on one, but watching the craft industry in general take off from like when I started working in the industry, there were like 80 distilleries in the United States. And now it's like pushing over 2000, I think. And seeing the innovation, seeing the style and being able to taste a lot of brands will just, even if they don't hire me to shoot, they'll just send me samples to try out their stuff and being able to see like how things are progressing. One of my favorite, even though they are a client, I adore them is Wyoming Whiskey. I love working with them and seeing the progress that that brand has made and the quality of liquid is really outstanding. I'll be up in Jackson Hole with them all weekend working, shooting for a 
big music festival up there and hanging out with their master distiller, who I absolutely love. That's like one of my favorite brands and not just because we work together. I truly love what they're doing and what they're producing. And as you say, there's so much choice out there now, isn't there, for the consumer, oh, whether that is just the consumer who only drinks whiskey from the US or, for instance, you know, I think certainly in the UK, we probably don't get as many of those brands over here just because they're not distributed as much. But it's such an exciting time. And definitely the last five years or so has just seen this whole plethora of amazing distilleries out there. On the trip, would you say, was there either a place or a distillery or something that took you by surprise, maybe an area that you traveled to that was presented you with something different than you expected? Yeah. I mean, I was super excited when I done cross country a couple of times and also traveled extensively for work. So, but most of the time if it was for work, it was obviously to cities, not to the outdoors. So I was very excited to be out in like Oregon and Washington, which I hadn't really hiked and explored around much. And then obviously like Montana, but the places that caught me most by surprise were definitely Wyoming and Idaho realizing that I would thrive in a very rugged, very remote area and knowing that that's my happy spot. Like I was looking at, you know, like maybe I'll set it, settle down in Bend, Oregon or Boise, Idaho, like more cities. And then having it reaffirmed that I am much better being out on my own. Like where I am now and I'm living in a refurbished barn and closest neighbors a half mile away. I'm like, you know, six miles outside of town. And I wake up every morning and I'm not going to see another human being. And I love it. It's fantastic. I understand that. I grew up on 700 acres of Northern Canadian farmland. So uh, the nearest go. neighbor was a mile away. And there's an absolute peace that comes with that, that you can't capture when you have neighbors nearby. It's just silence and waking every up morning, to the Every morning, I just walk out my front door with a cup of coffee, look at the mountains and just hear birds chirping and that's it. Absolutely. And it's amazing. You know, really, it does ingrain in you. You said you grew up in New Jersey, did you? Oh, yeah. Polar opposite of what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah. Very different. <laughs> so were you surprised at how much you took to this outdoor life? Not really. I've been hiking and my parents encouraged myself and my brothers to be in the outdoors as much as possible. I mean, the family tradition on Sundays was to go hiking. So I was brought up to enjoy the outdoors, be outside as much as possible. You know, like I never had like a TV or video games growing up. It was always just, you know, get out there. So for me, I've always been passionate about that. I would always travel up into New York State to go hike in the Adirondacks or to New Hampshire in the Whites to just kind of get out, you know, because there's not like a whole lot of hiking to do in Jersey. Shocker, I know. So for me, yeah, that's always been there. I just didn't know how comfortable I could be living in a very remote area. You know, the closest cities, quote unquote, are, you know, almost two hours away in either direction. Everything else is a very small town here, which is what I really, really like. I'm going to end up starting Thursday bartending in a local bar, just, you know, more for fun and socialization. Like, it's just, I love bartending. And it's a great way to like make friends and make extra income. So that'll be my socialization, but it'll be nice going to town bartending and then driving, you know, five miles out to my barn. Total change of life. But I suppose, would you say in terms of what you learned from that year on the road and showcasing, you know, because you were showcasing your life and where you were traveling to a lot of followers on Instagram, would you say that that gave you still time to reflect despite that interaction you had with social media? Yeah, no, for sure. And being out here, it's such a different experience. And I know it's not for everybody, but I mean, I'm already, you know, visitors are coming out to see and the company I'm going to be working with just visited me this past weekend. The guy that owns the company is just like blown away. Like, I didn't know this kind of place exists. This is insane. Don't visit in the winter. But yeah, right now, like in, in these, <laughs> these months and into September, it's like being in heaven. Like I get emotional just walking out my front door, just being like, this is amazing. How is it that I live here? We still are getting snow. So, I mean, I was just playing in the snow two days I was gonna say, ago. I think, I think you said recently you're still getting some snow. So. Yeah. And then yeah. it'll be in the 60s and 70s for the next week. 
Nice. Well, I'm definitely feeling jealous right now. I, I need to get into the mountains sometime soon. It's been too long. I haven't been to Scotland since 2019. So definitely missing that after COVID. I mean, obviously for yourself, was there anywhere on the journey that you didn't get a chance to go to that you would still love to go back and visit and showcase to people on social media? COVID mostly delayed visiting, you know, a ton of distilleries. Like that was one of my main goals. I wanted to try to visit 100 distilleries in the year. And I don't think I got anywhere above maybe under 20 just because of restrictions and stuff. And, you know, I just didn't want to go into cities. I didn't want to be around crowds of people. I had COVID and it did nothing to me. It was like a stuffy nose. At the same time, my fear would be spreading it. That being said, uh, I would love to get back out west just because the months of forest fires out there, like I couldn't really hike or do anything out there. And it was to the point where, like, where we got stuck on the coast. The smoke was so bad. My dog was throwing up. I, I couldn't breathe. Like it was not fun. To say the least, I would love to explore a lot more of Northern California and Oregon, Utah and Arizona, just because that's where the fires were. And really hoping this year, I mean, it doesn't look good, but I'm really hoping this year that it's in more control because it was devastating. Like I met people that lost their homes like the night prior. It was not good out there. No, it was a terrible, terrible year on the West Coast last year. Awful to think what people have had to go through. I think last year was uh, definitely kind of hit from all sides, it felt like at times. <laughs> I hope you get out to the West Coast. I'm a, I'm a West Coast gal. So that's definitely where uh, I would say you've got to get to. <laughs> I was really hoping to make it up to Alberta and Banff again. That's like my favorite, probably the most beautiful place I've ever been. But the borders are going to be closed for the rest of the year, most likely still. So I don't see that happening. I think so, unfortunately. Now, you mentioned just then as well, your dog. And of course, Sky was very much a part of your photos and your Instagram life. Was it helpful to have a companion like Sky on the road with you? Absolutely. And I'm assuming it's named after Sky in Scotland. It is indeed. That's like my dream place to visit in Scotland, but I haven't been yet. But having her was, I mean, I could have done this trip without her because I'm stubborn, but having her and having a creature to interact with is massive because I did also realize I do like people more than I think I do because I would get very lonely. There are times where I'd go a week or two at a time without even having a single interaction with a human being other than like, you know, food at a store, like no conversation. And I realized that I definitely need society and people in my life more than I thought, um, just because I have been so overwhelmed over the years. But having Sky with me was amazing. Like I rescued her when she was 10 weeks old and she can tell when I'm upset and just immediately is like by my side. So yeah, having her as a companion, I probably talked to her enough to be considered a crazy person. But <laughs> having having her You can't was, talk to dogs too much. <laughs> having having her improved the trip in a absolutely immense way. Like I would not have enjoyed myself. Great addition if you are once you've had a dog and you know what it's like to have them around, um, then it's hard to go back to not having them by your side. So glad to hear she was a faithful companion throughout. <laughs> now you said before that travel is true happiness. Would you say that relationship changed at all during the road trip or developed? Or would you Absolutely still say that's not. the same? People get stuck way too easily. By stuck, I mean like I've gotten into arguments with other people in my industry because I am kind of like the weird one that loves the outdoors. And they tell me like, oh, I'm super well-traveled. I've gone to all these cities. I'm like, okay, so you've gone to cities. You haven't really experienced exactly what it is out there. Cities, even though you are in different locations and environments, are generally kind of the same people other than maybe like a arts or food scene. But when you go out into the countryside and really understand how rural works and towns work, it gives you such an empathetic feeling towards other humans. Like everybody's like pushed into this Democrat, Republican bullshit. And it's like no one understands that there is such a huge middle ground because they just isolate themselves and either 
that rural environment or that city environment. So for me, I think travel is absolutely essential. Learning about cultures and people and the way that these places operate, realizing that people are actually like 90% of the time really awesome. Everyone thinks it's that 50% of the population is an asshole. It's just not true. Everyone is so kind and nice. Where I am basically in cowboy country, people would think, oh, God, it's just rough, rugged people. I've never had a more polite, nice, like kind area to live in where I've had people just like be like, oh, hey, you're the new guy in the barn. If you need me to pull your van out because you don't have a truck yet, let me know, which is funny because haha, it's true. I should have a truck out here. So, <laughs> you know, it's uh, for me, yes, travel and experience, fortunate enough at my age to have done more than most people have. I think it has made me such a more well-rounded, empathetic human being. And on top of that, it's such a joy learning about random facts about random areas and people and their history and what makes them tick. It's like having this like wealth of knowledge that you can just glean from being in different social settings. It's to me, a statement that I will forever stand by. And even though I love being here, I'm going to still want to travel. I'm still going to want to experience new things and meet new people and learn about different cultures. Yeah, that statement I'm going to stand by until I fall from mountain or something. Excellent. Do you have any any places in mind where you'd like to next travel to if you get a chance? I've been very fortunate enough to see a lot of the United States. Like I've been to every single state other than Alaska and Hawaii. I would love to get back out to Scotland and Ireland in the next couple of years. Like for this summer, I'm going to be hanging out here. There's so much to do. I don't have any reason to really travel. But as soon as I can get myself back on my feet and save up some money, I definitely want to head into... I have not explored near enough the UK and Europe as I want to. Like Those are definitely the next two areas. I mean, my dream spot to be is New Zealand. That's like my mecca, if you will. That'll be a couple of years down the road. That would be like my number one spot if you said, is there somewhere you'd really, really want to go? And you've not been to New Zealand yet. It's on the no, it's on the to visit list, right? On the to visit list. Okay, excellent. Well, yes, more more and more whiskey being made out that way as well. Australia, New Zealand, and so many great places. I mean, is there for you one when it comes to whiskey? Because obviously, a lot of your content and things focuses on American whiskey. But is there any other distilleries that you look to that have inspired you and can, and that you're definitely wanting to go and visit as well? American whiskey is obviously my forte and and the majority of who I work with. But I mean, I started off with William Grant and Sons for three years. So I'm very familiar with the scotch industry. Single malt's usually my go-to thing. So like seeing all these Irish distilleries starting to produce some really interesting stuff and getting to taste that. Scotch in general, unfortunately, I feel like it's starting to in a little bit of a downgrade, at least the super popular ones, you know, cutting down ABV and chill filtering way too much. But at the same time, like I still have my favorites, like, you know, Springbank, which I adore. That's like my number one absolute. And I know it's pretty much every Whiskey Geek's favorite, but it is just phenomenal stuff. Like that's like one of my dream places to visit and actually like hang out for a while, the Springbank Distillery. It's definitely an amazing place to visit. And also you have to kind of plan a whole day around it because you'll want to just geek out and ask every question about every pipe. Trust me, I spent many more hours there. Than I oh, it would be more than a day. I would. I, they'd have to kick me out. They would have to actually yeah. say, "You gotta, you gotta pick up your tent and get off the front lawn." Come on. Yeah, definitely. Well, you've got right of access in Scotland, so at least you can camp anywhere in Scotland, which is very handy. Well, um, to finish up, fantastic hearing about your story and everything you've experienced over the whiskey journey, but also over your time in the whiskey industry. Would you have any tips for anyone who's interested in? moving into this space, getting involved in the whiskey world? Definitely recommend it to people. I always caution them. I'm like, look, you're going to be around a lot of booze. I've had my struggles with addiction and I know plenty of people that have had it too. Fortunate enough to be able to pull myself out of that. So I always warn people, I'm like, look, you're going to be encouraged to drink, usually going to be free. And it's usually really, really good stuff. 
So you just got to kind of keep a good mental note. That's why I promote with the company I work with now, Earn Your Booze, like a lifting lifestyle. Like if I'm not active for an entire day, like I don't reward myself with booze anymore. It's like you need to make sure that you have that healthy mindset. You're earning it. You're letting your body stay in shape. So it's something that I'm a huge advocate for and and people are going to see a lot more because I have watched friends like, you know, go to some really dark places and usually get themselves out, which is good. It's an amazing industry to be in. I love being in it. I can't imagine myself working in any other industry in the world. And right now, everyone's looking to hire. But my main thing would be just make sure that you are in control of your intake of booze because it can sneak up on you. It can sneak up on you fast. I noticed that you've started working with the Earn Your Booze company, which looks very interesting. And definitely, I'm a big promoter of finding balance, You know, having everything in balance. I live by my grandmother's ethic, which is have whatever you want, just do it in moderation. <laughs> We're now available internationally, so you can actually get it in the UK and Europe. But I will be uh, pushing forward a new, like, you know, earn your scotch or earn your single malt shirts as well. So it's a great community to be a part of. You know, I literally will earn my booze every day. It's not only a great mindset, it's just a, it's a great community. Everyone's very encouraging with each other, you know. And just finally, what would be your happy place? And what whiskey would you have? Don't worry, you don't have to choose an absolute favorite because I know that's impossible most of the time. If you did have one, <laughs> what would be your right happy now. place? My, my happy place is, is my front yard with a fire pit at sunset. Like that's true bliss. Like it really is. Just have some good music going, the dogs out there. It's just like, there's nowhere else I would rather be. When friends and family visit, that's going to be like the ultimate. But the whiskey depends on my mood. Like some days I want rye, some days I want bourbons. It varies wildly from day to day, honestly. And sometimes I just want a glass of wine. I mean, it depends. Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) No, not at all. Absolutely. Oh, Nate. Well, thank you so much for speaking to us today for the monthly VCL podcast. It's been great to hear more about your journey and everything you've been through. And I really look forward to seeing what comes next for you and seeing more of those beautiful photos and spots, whether that's in the US or, or New Zealand at some point as well. Well, appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning into this month's podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Nate's American adventures and experiences as an Instagram influencer. I look forward to sharing more stories from the world of whiskey next month. I'm Alwyn Gwilt. Thank you for listening.